welcome to High Vibes. I am your host, Bill G, with co-host Nina G. At High Vibes, we're looking into what it means to be a fourth-dimensional being in an ever-changing world. We hope that by listening to this podcast, you can feel a greater sense of peace and connection as we collectively raise our energetic vibration to the next level. And now, for today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to High Vibes. I'm your host, Bill G, and I'm here with Nina. And today we are, again, talking about things about uh, how to raise your vibration and live in a, a world that is constantly changing and for us to be in it. Okay, today we're going to be continuing our discussion on the Law of One by talking about the second density, Law of acceptance or growth. And so that's a very interesting one. It's actually one that um, I've been studying a lot lately and really connecting with because when it comes to the second density, it's about um, life. It's now we're introducing life into the picture, plants and animals and your pets, your pets. Absolutely. So, um, so when your first density starts to coalesce and those amino acids get together and they start to form life and then then they have graduated into the next layer of the octave which is pretty pretty cool so what are the characteristics now of someone who is in of of beings that are in second density so well they are starting to gain the sense of i am they don't quite have it yet until they get to the end of second density, which would be like, say you had a cat or a dog or even a horse or something like that, that uh, was very loving of its people mm -hmm. and its people were very loving of it. And they developed some qualities that you could think of to be kind of people-like. Yeah. Personalities. Then, you know, um, you know, animals, by and large, I mean, and certainly plants and whatever, we don't necessarily think of plants as having personalities per se, but they do have consciousness. Mm -hmm. They do possess consciousness. And we've been able to prove that scientifically by uh, with plants, especially the dominant people have uh, attached electrodes. The music of the plants. Yeah, the music of the plants, They where they attach electrodes to the leaves themselves. And they find that the music changes depending on whatever stimulus the plant happens to be going through. Yeah, the plants sing a song. Mm -hmm. And they've created whole compositions uh, with orchestras of plants in a garden or in a, uh, you just even in their little spaces, a living room. They have like 30 different plants and they hook them all up and they play this very harmonious symphony. Yeah, and, and and what's really cool about it too is that the, um, it's not like the plant itself, like your rhododendron is not going a composer. It's all rhododendrons. It's it is there's a um, a social memory complex that they're all kind of connected to. When when a cat is walking across the room, it's not thinking to himself. It's my name is or you know our cat's name is. Uh, pickle and Polly. They're not thinking to themselves, I am pickle. I am Polly. They're thinking I'm a cat. 
and that's a cat, and that's a cat, and that's a cat. And we have a little bit of evidence of this because say we call Pickle or Polly, they both come. Right. They both, they don't seem to recognize a particular name, but they know that when we call them, we're going to give them love, or we're going to take them outside, or we're going to give them their treats, or they get their cat food, and they love all of this stuff. But then when you get to other pets, which are maybe of a higher on the higher realm of intelligence, they do start to recognize their names, like with certain dog breeds and whatever. They're very intelligent and you can actually call them by name and they know that, hey, I am calling Rex, therefore they're calling me and they're not calling Spot over there. We once had a friend who had a very large dog. It wasn't a husky. A Malamute. He was a Malamute, right. And she was beautiful and she could carry on a conversation with you. So you could talk to her and she would talk right back and she could solve problems. So our friend would set up these elaborate, uh, not mazes, but just problems for her, his dog to solve. And she would do it every time. It was really amazing to see the, the consciousness of here's what I have to do in order to do this or that and, 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 and have her just complete the tasks. Right. And also uh, experiments with primates have also brought this out too, mm -hmm. where uh, certain primates can learn how, learn language, they can learn how to sign, they can do these. Sort of, and again, it's not like they are, it's not like the primate is experiencing or expressing an I am in the same way that a human being would, but they some have, some have, mm -hmm. some have but that's when they have though, then what's happening is they are graduating because at the end of every cycle, we there is a graduation that happens from one density into the next. And so certain primates and uh, dolphins especially and oh other- Oh gosh, yes. Yeah, in fact, actually dolphins are our third density. So we don't- <laughs> No, th third I, and fourth. <laughs> I think they are actually fifth density. I think I read that somewhere. That okay. Dolphins are actually- and whales too. So yeah, we're not counting yeah. those guys. Those, those guys are higher or they're probably more intelligent than we are. They but, certainly are. Yeah. yeah. But we're talking specifically about, um, you know, chipmunks and, and, and animals and plants and that sort of thing. You know, we were remarking the other day, you know, when you're driving along and a chipmunk runs across the road and you're like, what the heck is that chipmunk thinking? You know, cause he knows the car is coming and the car is going to squash him <laughs> if he gets under those tires. And it seems like they're being like suicidal. And does a, does a chipmunk get depressed? Well, no, I, I don't think they actually are, are thinking that they're, they're in their survival mode. They're in their instinctual mode where they are running from something mm -hmm. and they're not thinking, well, Hey, I'm going to get smushed by this car. They're just taken off much like a deer would, would just tear across a road because something is after it. So they, they think on a very more instinctual level mm -hmm. um, and collectively they can speak to each other via telepathy. Right. Because uh, they're part of that social memory. Part of that, yeah. So that social memory complex with, of, all the chipmunks and whatever. And, and also there've been several cases uh, where, of observations where naturalists have seen uh, animals just dying or just choosing to be prey yes. and that sort of thing. And it's like, well, why are they doing that? Why aren't, they, whatever, why aren't their survival instincts kicking in at a certain point? But the earth has a plan and it needs to 
maintain balance. So if there's say too many chipmunks in an area, chipmunks tend to, you know, they tend to breed. <laughs> but then, they, but then, no, no, they they tend to run out in the middle of the road and right. and uh, <laughs> you know off themselves uh, to maintain the balance of chipmunks right. in, in a particular region. Right. So it's very, very interesting. And, that, and that's another reason why, you know, you always have to make sure you have an adequate number of predators as well in a, in a balanced ecosystem, because it's all a part of that overall intelligence. Uh, and it's all second, it's second density intelligence. And, and the earth naturally does this. I mean, we influence it a great deal to the other end, which, you know, we shouldn't be doing, but we do it anyway. But if we weren't here, nature would live in complete and utter balance with just enough food for just enough animals and everything would be uh, even. Yeah, and and as soon as it becomes even partially out of balance, it balances itself. Yeah, nature takes over and, and creates situations where it can. Okay, so where are some things that, um, that show up uh, as far as people goes in terms of our second density problems that we run into with people. Well, we can think about that, say, in our second chakra. Okay. The ability to grow, survive, the ability to be uh, part of something. Oh, that's very good. Uh, and also the second chakra is also yes connected to sexuality, <laughs> it's uh, procreation and that stuff as well. Uh, it's our it's our limbic brain. It was, you know, when someone's saying that my my animal brain is, is has has taken over, um, are they? I guess what they're experiencing is more of that um, that second chakra thing. And so, if you uh, or that the uh, instinct, the um, the 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 will to survive. Uh, second density will presents itself in our lives when it comes to issues surrounding our ability to grow and survive in the world. Uh, when issues such as food, shelter, companionship, safety, and or procreation are not being adequately addressed. This can also indicate a need for the seeker to reconnect to our more baser animalistic instincts by spending more time in nature, whether that means spending more time in a city park or through a more immersive experience like camping or backpacking and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, recently, my, uh, my brother uh, has had this really strong instinct to reconnect to nature. And so he's been, uh, he got himself into shape and he's starting to uh, take up backpacking and he's going in the woods and walking these long, long trails and whatever. And he's taking pictures and connecting with nature. And, you know, when I'm asked him, you know, what was the motivation behind this? And his motivation was just, he just, he spends all of his time in this 3D world, this th this third density world, and he just felt a, a very strong need to reconnect, you know, kind of reconnect to one's roots. Now, uh, for an example of myself, uh, before I decided to pursue a career in the healing arts, I spent 15 years working in the corporate world. Although I was profoundly unhappy doing the work that I was doing, it came with a decent paycheck, 401k, health insurance, et cetera, et cetera. And leaving all that behind to start a new career venture would that would take at least five years to a very hard work to really get going. Uh, that was extremely, extremely scary. And so I often get clients who are in the process of changing careers. 
And like if you get laid off or something like that, and then you've got to re retool and whatever, all those base survival instincts really, really kick in at that point. Or let's say your job is secure and you're just not happy like I was to change, to do something new, to give up on that paycheck, to it, it, it really threatens your, your grounding. And so when you're faced with something like that, that's a, that's a second density problem. That's a second, that's a something where your base animal instincts is really wants to kick in and, and try and keep your, your world safe. And so you need to kind of recognize that. It's going to also come like with a lot of family issues, sibling issues, parent issues, issues where uh, you were growing up and you learned a certain way to live and then you find, hey, this doesn't work. You know, this was great for them, but it's really not great for me. So you have to find a whole new way of being in the world, of making your way through the world, making your own choices uh, as far as your happiness and how you're going to pay your bills and where you're going to live. Um, all of these kind of basic needs come within that second density issue yeah. realm. Yeah. And I grew up in a, in a family where I had three siblings, you know, I had three brothers and we were all very hungry little teenagers. And so uh, whenever your parents just work for food. Yeah. They just work. Yeah. They work for, <laughs> yeah. And, and so when the, the dinner plates would be put in front of us, you know, we were like animals just eating all that. And, and if somebody was too slow, they had, People were eating <laughs> off of their plates, <laughs> like, oh no, I didn't get enough, and that created a a paradigm, like you know, that created a, a way of living where, um, you know, you eat really, really fast. So if you're someone who eats really, really fast because you had siblings and whatever, you were you were afraid that if you didn't eat everything off your plate as quickly as possible then you wouldn't have any. <laughs> that creates food problems later in life. Absolutely, absolutely. That are definitely second density issues. I just thought of like another uh, example of this. Moving from a collective, say a family, out on your own oh, to yeah. your I am, who am I? A lot like when kids who are moving out of their house either to get married or to go to college, how rough that transition is for them and they could develop issues relating to themselves right because they are now moving out of the fold and out of that collective that the that second density beings are inherently uh gathered into their whole lives so if you're a third density being and you're having issues just finding yourself uh, finding yourself within a new working environment a new school a new any sort of new situation um those situations, those problems can arise for you in a big way. Right. Tribalism is another big second density issue. So when you find yourself associating with groups, political parties, um, social clubs, and that kind of thing, and, and tying your identity into that. And overcompensating in those areas, like getting way too overwrought over what's happening in the uh, political world, right, right, or overwrought in maybe just your organization, like say maybe your church or maybe uh, sports. any sort in of sports. sports. Oh my sure. gosh! Yeah. I mean, you definitely see a lot of tribalism in sports where people get really wrapped up 
emotionally and into whatever, however their team is going. You know, if their their team wins, they they're happy. When their team loses, they're depressed. Remember the riots after the Phillies didn't win that one time, and oh they were God. the favorite to win, and they didn't win, and so people. People were so upset and they went out and rioted in the streets and they broke car windows and this or, or, or baseball when, batted everything that they or could when find. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl, how many how they many? did the same thing happened. <laughs> so, you know, so, so basically when we see a when we run into this with clients, uh, second density problems, what we're looking at specifically here is where are you giving up your power? Where are you giving up your power to a group or giving up your power to a base survival thing? I mean, or even to a construct such as a family. Right, right. You can be 50, 60 years old and, and you can still allow your family to define who you are and tell you how to live. And that causes a lot of problems. Absolutely. So what we would do in this particular case is, you know, we would... We would douse it. We would figure out what it is, not just, you know, that we have a sense second density problem here, but we would, you know, pin it down. We were, and who's involved, who's invo how absolutely. they're involved, the the bad habits that are surrounding uh, that relationship and, and the ties that have been created within that construct, because it is just a construct. It isn't something that's real. It, it's a suggestion by society. Of, of who you are within a particular group. Right, because we are, we're third density, not second density. We don't need to identify with a social memory complex of all Eagles fans throughout the United States or my family or whatever. And, and so often you find that people give up so much of their own identity, their I am, which is the third density aspect of it, towards a we are, which is your family construct, which is second density. Now, unity is a very interesting issue when it comes to this, because we are moving from this group idea to the I am idea and back to unity again. This is the whole uh, breath, the rainbow of this interval that we're in, this octave that we're in. However, as we are moving to the I am, which is a very, very important step, because as you'll see in our next podcast, you'll see this is the monumental pivotal choice point. And we need to have that I am in order to move on. So we have to get there but we have to separate it from it first. We need to see that that uh, contrast before right, right. we can see the whole again. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a huge difference between identifying with a tribe and identifying with the entirety of human existence. Yeah. So if we can't move on from that place of I belong to everything around me or I belong to this particular group, then we can never reach that I am stage to make the choice. So whereas a first density incarnation can last billions of years, such as a mountain or a rock or uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, for right. goodness sakes, um, or even the pyramids, look how long the pyramids have lasted made of stone. Right, exactly. The second density, we only spend 
a lifetime, you know, a fraction, yeah, a hundred years before we move on to the next yeah. one, or one to a hundred years. One well, to sing, 100, I, yeah, yeah, because when you think about the 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 life of a fruit fly, you're right. Yeah, because you know, a, or the life of a tree. You know, a tree can can live anywhere between. 10 years to 100 years to you know you think about the the giant redwoods and uh the sequoias and they, they're like a thousand years old i mean there are exceptions right or, or tortoises can live to be hundreds and hundreds of years old whereas you know most animals you know our pets especially you know 10 13 years and they're gone uh so and and so this is a very short interval of time mm-hmm and, and why is it so in a small interval of time is because with every generation, something is learned and it takes many, many, many generations to gain that sense of self. And you'll find that also in, even in third density, there are hundreds of lifetimes when it comes to third density, same thing. But we're thing. only spending time in there for maybe 80 years. Right, exactly. Per, per, because... Uh, the lessons learned uh, come hard and fast. And if we don't move into learning those lessons, then, you know, the universe takes us out and starts us over again. Right. And that's when you're talking specifically about the second density. It's yeah, the lessons are very hard and fast. Yeah. No. And you, you're not going to spend thousands of years just looping the same thing over and over again. You need to get a move on here because right. we're moving up to that pivotal point where time accelerates to that choice point. We'll see the next one. Um, and then it will elongate out again. I uh, hope you learned a little bit about second density here and how it, it relates to the work that we do. And so next time we're going to be talking about third density. Now, third density, that's that's the exciting part because that is that's us. That is where we are. Yeah, that's that's us. That's where we are and where we're moving, where we're moving into and moving out of. And if you are interested in working through your second density problems, uh, visit vitalbioenergetics.com and click on book online and you can talk with Bill and see where your issues are. And maybe you think there's something that you need clearing out and you're having a little trouble with it, a little glitch in the road. Um, he can certainly help with all of that. Yeah. And absolutely. And you, and, and be sure to, if you're a new client or this is something you would like to get into, uh, I offer a free 30 minute consult. You can talk to me and pick my brain about what it is that uh, we can do to help you out. And then uh, we're off to the races and uh, doing the work. All right. So thank you so much and be sure to like, and share our podcast and, uh, we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about Bill and Nina G, please visit our website at www.vitalbioenergetics.com. See you next time.